This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. There was ambulances, police, fire trucks. A camping tragedy in Salmon Arm, a woman dead, a child airlifted to hospital. Enough is enough. We need to do something about it. Fed up with drugs and gangs, how Surrey residents are fighting back. I'd like to give Easy Park a ticket for a keeping a filthy parkade. Vancouver's deplorable downtown parkades and the calls for relief. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us tonight. Tragedy this long weekend at a BC campground. A woman has died and a child rushed to hospital after a suspected case of carbon monoxide poisoning in Salmon Arm. As Jules Knox reports, it's believed a wood-burning camp stove may be to blame. A tragic beginning to the long weekend for campers at a Salmon Arm campground on Shuswap Lake. A suspected carbon monoxide poisoning killing one adult and sending a child to hospital in critical condition. It's like really shocking that just that would even happen, like just camping. Emergency services were called to the Sandy Point campground Saturday morning, just after 10 a.m. Inside a tent, police say they found two people and a camping stove, the likely culprit of the suspected poisoning. Believed to have occurred because of a carbon monoxide leak in the field right across from my house, um, there was ambulances, police, fire trucks, and a, uh, they landed a helicopter. The adult died at this scene, but the youth was flown to hospital. No updates on the status of the person who was being flown to hospital. Um, at this point, it's a coroner's investigation, and it doesn't seem to be anything suspicious, although uh, Salmon Arm uh, frontline members are still on scene. Police have not released the victim's identity. Jules Knox, Global News, Salmon Arm. Some reminders on how to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. Use appliances as recommended. That includes using camp stoves outdoors only. And don't run a generator in an enclosed space. Open the garage door before starting your car. But don't leave your car running in a space attached to the rest of your house, even with the garage door open. And install carbon monoxide detectors in your home, as well as place of business. There are even detectors available for motorhomes and boats. Enough is enough. That is the message from community leaders in Surrey who organized a march today to draw attention to the ongoing problem with gangs and drugs in that city. They're calling for change as frustration over the long-standing issue continues to mount. Nadia Stewart has more. They are young Surrey residents driving home an often repeated message. More funding and more donations need to be spent to make more of these programs so that kids can get involved and spend their time and not look towards other ways to spend their time in a negative way. The kind of programs keeping vulnerable youth away from the lure of gang life, a life former gang member Stanley Price knows well. 
stop glamorizing it. It's it's horrible. It it ruins ruins lives. Price, one of many community advocates on hand Saturday, walking through one of the city's busiest hubs to draw attention to the lifestyle ruining the lives of families in Surrey and beyond. Everybody's frustrated. Every parent, every teacher, every community leader. The Progressive Intercultural Community Services Society runs programs to help keep kids out of trouble. CEO Satpirshima says more resources are needed, including, he says, more police officers. Next week, the city will be holding its first public consultation on council's plan to remove the RCMP in exchange for a new local force, a controversial switch yet to be approved by the province. Regardless, Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth says the problem has to be tackled from many angles. And on the legislative side, such as uh, the, uh, the introduction this session of a new Witness Protection Act, the first of its kind uh, for this province, are important steps because it's a multi-pronged approach. An approach where families, especially parents, also play a key role. Nadia Stork, Global News. Two people initially ran away from the scene of a serious crash in Surrey overnight. A black Jeep crashed at the intersection of 78th Avenue and 122nd Street just after 12.30 this morning. Two males and a female were rushed to hospital in serious condition. Another male suffered less serious injuries. Police say they're either in their late teens or early 20s. The pair who allegedly ran away has since been identified. So far, police are still investigating the cause of the crash and no arrests have been made. And Chilliwack search and rescue members were called out to help rescue a woman trapped in an SUV. Somehow, she ended up going down a steep embankment near Chilliwack Lake and Borden Forest Service Road just after 10 last night. Police say she was able to call for help and was eventually taken to hospital with unknown injuries. No word yet on what caused this crash. A demonstration was held in East Vancouver today over concerns that dozens of seniors are being demovicted out of their homes. Homes that many of them say they've lived in for decades. Paul Johnson has more on the protest and reaction from the building's owner. Meet 79-year-old Sam Deanna, a retired longshoreman living in East Van. Well, he's not struggling financially. The affordable rent deal he has at the Alice Saunders house is an important part of his life, and he's anxious about the idea of anything that would alter his situation. I found uh, this place here was um, less, more affordable than other. Sam's building Saturday was the scene of a tenants' rights protest. The nonprofit that owns the building, Brightside Homes, has told residents here they have plans to redevelop the property, meaning the tenants, many of them low-income seniors, would have to move out. There has to be a better solution that uh, respects uh, seniors and respects uh, the tenants that have built their lives here. But it's not quite a renovation. This is not a private developer looking to maximize its investment. And Brightside is promising to relocate people here to some of their other buildings in Vancouver without a rent increase. Spokesperson Carolina Ibarra says they've worked hard to communicate that to residents. I think that there's a lot of fear and there are a lot of situations where people aren't going to be welcomed back or where rents will increase when people come back. We are just not one of those situations. So what's the disconnect here? 
Brightside has the noble intention of creating more affordable housing and is guaranteeing people here a place to go at no additional cost. The answer may be in part the extreme anxiety felt by low-income Vancouverites who've seen market rents skyrocket beyond their ability to pay. And for older people at Alice Saunders, the disruption of a move, even if it serves a good purpose in the end. There is no much time left to rebuild your life. I'm 79, so why don't you leave us for a, until we die and then they can do whatever they want. Paul Johnson, Global News. Their build is offering safe, clean, friendly and affordable parking. But if you visited a city of Vancouver parkade, you may have been overwhelmed by something else. And as Kristen Robinson reports, that smell now sparking a conversation about public washrooms. Well, it smells awful. It actually makes me sick. The stench ingrained in these stairs, overpowering. It smells like a dirty bathroom in here. The city-owned parkade, littered with drug debris and tirelessly being trashed as a public toilet. It smelled funky. You noticed it right when you opened the door on the stairs. It was quite a strong scent of urine, so I had to actually hold my jacket over my nose as I went down the stairs. Whenever I take stairs, like, you know, to go upstairs, like, you know, of course, like, you know, I smell like, you know, very bad. This parking garage near Gastown, one of 80 public lots in Vancouver. The majority run by Easy Park, which says janitorial services are on site six days a week, with a 24-7 porter service responding to cleaning requests. I would expect it to be a little more clean. I'd like to give Easy Park a ticket for a f keeping a filthy parkade. Architect Michael Geller offering to lend the company his power washer, although he believes the problem trickles down to diminishing civic pride and the lack of public washrooms. We don't have enough. Uh, we do have a growing seniors population. Um, and when people are out and about and they need to go, they need to go. A few self-cleaning washrooms are scattered throughout the downtown core, but councillors agree more relief is needed. <laughs> London has seen success with pop-up loos, the self-cleaning urinals rising from the street late at night and disappearing again at dawn. I'd like to see Vancouver grow the use of technology and the number of public washrooms that we have. I actually feel a little bit ashamed. I'd like to see Vancouverites get their civic pride back. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Firefighters in Vancouver worked quickly to put out a blaze in an empty home. Smoke could be seen billowing from the boarded-up residence at 37th and Camby shortly after 8 this morning. The single-story home was behind a fence and awaiting demolition when flames broke out in the back corner. Close to 30 firefighters were able to knock the fire down. No one was found inside, but crews say there were reports homeless people had been living there and drug paraphernalia was found at the scene. No word on the cause of the blaze. The fight over the banning of whales and dolphins at the Vancouver Aquarium is heading back to court. The Vancouver Aquarium's parent company, OceanWise, is suing the city and the park board, claiming the board's 2017 bylaw banning cetaceans was a breach of contract and has led to millions of dollars in financial losses. The civil claim says the aquarium saw a 13% decline in attendance in 2017 and 2018, which it says translated into a loss of almost $4 million in yearly revenue. The park board says it is reviewing the claim with legal counsel and considering its options going forward. 
Many people are heading out onto the water this long weekend to enjoy some boating, but it also comes with the reminder to stay safe, particularly after an incident in Port Moody this past week that went viral. Here's Jill Bennett. It seems almost every May long weekend, coinciding with the launch of Safe Boating Week, there is another reminder of why it's important. Two years ago, it was this boat run aground in English Bay. Oh my goodness. This year, the now infamous footage of a man narrowly avoiding serious injury in Port Moody while launching his boat and inadvertently his vehicle won't soon be forgotten. This is just a simulation exercise showing the importance of wearing a personal flotation device. The woman in the water has one, the dummy doesn't. He's pulled from False Creek unconscious and not breathing. We have recovered one person unresponsive. Every year there are more than 100 boating related casualties. This picture shows the aftermath of a rescue in Burrard Inlet last summer. The experienced rowers were wearing PFDs and had a working phone, but they still spent some terrifying moments in the water. Around the 25 minute mark, it started getting really cold uh, and then you start losing sensation of all your limbs just like how I learned in lifeguarding courses back then and I was like I can't believe this is actually happening. In addition to wearing a life jacket, taking a boating course and preparing your vessel with the required safety equipment, boating sober is also a key message for Safe Boating Week. This is the first summer with legal cannabis in Canada. The rules for marijuana are the same as alcohol while on the water. No person can consume cannabis while operating a vessel and no person can consume cannabis while on a vessel being operated by another person. There are exceptions if the boat is a certain size and is moored or anchored. The fine for operating a vessel using cannabis is $575, $230 for a passenger. In 2018, the Life Saving Society of British Columbia had statistics that they posted that state that 38% of boating fatalities involve alcohol. Another 74% of boating fatalities, people not wearing PFDs. It's a timely reminder that taking a few minutes to know and follow the rules can make all the difference. Jill Bennett, Global News. Well, it's not summer yet, but swim season is officially underway in Vancouver. The park board opening its three heated seaside outdoor pools today, including Kitts Beach. The pools at Second Beach in Stanley Park and New Brighton Park also now welcoming the public. All three pools will be open for swimming until at least Labor Day. Both Kits and Second Beach pools now have Wi-Fi. And Second Beach also has a new ranger station. This is one of the busiest areas in the park, and we've got all kinds of information here. We love this park. We want to share it with the public, and we just hope that uh, people come and ask us a lot of questions. Major developments for a Pitt Meadows woman who we introduced you to two years ago. Danielle Linfoot became a quad amputee after contracting a potentially deadly illness. Now she's giving back to those who have also overcome life-altering challenges. Julia Foy has this NewsHour follow-up. What just keeps me going is my family. Pitt Meadows mom, Danielle Linfoot, zips around her two-story home with the help of a motorized wheelchair, an outside elevator, and a strong spirit. You just have to stay positive. You're going to have bad days. There's going to be bad days. They can't all be good. They're not good for everybody. Literally from the second she arrived, she was just a bright spot. Thank you. On May 15th, Danielle received an award and a $5,000 bursary from GF Strong in recognition of her difficult journey over the past 28 months. It's a wonderful honor. Thank you very much. Thank you.
In January 2017, Danielle contracted a Streptococcus A infection that almost killed her. Doctors saved her life, but she lost her hands and feet. I'm thankful to be here. I'm glad I get to see my kids graduate and get married. That's all I'm fighting for. It is a smart knee, I guess, is it not? Smart leg, yeah. Now Danielle is getting close to her next big goal, using artificial limbs to walk freely once again. I'm not doing anything anymore, you know? It's like you're on your own now. It's exciting, and I see the possibilities of the future with being able to possibly go on vacation and not have to be in the wheelchair. Uh, it was pretty emotional, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to see her, see her walk for the first time, you don't think it's ever going to happen, right? It's a nice car. Close friends are planning a classic car barbecue fundraiser to help cover family expenses in the coming months. To see this happen was devastating to me. And <clears throat> my wife is a very compassionate person, and she's right away, here we go, we've got to help these people. And that's what we did. There is also a GoFundMe page to support Danielle since she can no longer run her home-based daycare. Instead, she spends time helping other amputees build a new life. The only reason I'm here is because of all the people that have been behind me, the people that have donated, the people that have donated their time, and now I can finally move forward. Congratulations. Julia Foy, Global News. RCMP in Kimberley delivered a hanging flower basket to a senior after her own flowers were stolen. Mounties brought 91-year-old Mrs. Watson this hanging basket after she reported her own hanging baskets had been stolen. The original baskets were Mother's Day gifts from her kids and grandchildren. After searching the area, police were unable to locate the baskets or a suspect, prompting the officers to pool some money for a replacement. Way to go. We also have a story coming up about a bus driver going above and beyond to help a senior, but that's later. Right now, a vaunted barrier here and a pleasant start to the long weekend. Yeah, pretty nice out there. Uh, we are seeing dry conditions right now. We'll continue to see some cloud cover lingering or pushing in towards this evening and for tomorrow morning. A glance at what we're tracking, though, a couple of other stories are going to pick up, especially for the interior. Late in the day for tomorrow and then in towards our Monday, we are going to see some rain developing, especially along the south coast. So as we round off the long weekend, I'll show you what we can anticipate. Uh, but it's been a great start and tomorrow we'll, we will see some sunny breaks. So some good news there. All right, good to hear. And lots happening in sports. Whitecaps in action tonight. Mm -hmm. Whitecaps are on the pitch right now in Kansas City. So we'll have first half highlights of that. And, you know, the golf majors are always so much fun because of the drama. Except this time. <laughs> uh, Brooks Kepka has just kind of led this thing wire to wire and has uh, kind of taken the fun out of it, frankly. Uh, maybe he could make some bogeys tomorrow to make it interesting. But he just... Mm -hmm. uh, is ahead of the field, kind of what Tiger Woods used to do back in the day. So it's all Brooks all the time right now. All right. We'll see you guys in a few minutes. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Thanks. It has been a deadly long weekend on Calgary Roads. It's believed speed and alcohol were factors in an early morning crash that left two people dead. Police say a 42-year-old man driving a Toyota Corolla was making a left turn when he was hit by a Hyundai driven by a 21-year-old man. Two female passengers in the Corolla died at the scene. The driver and a 70-year-old male passenger were rushed to hospital in life-threatening condition.
The largest gun buyback program in Toronto police history wrapped up today. The program is aimed at making firearms less available to curb violence. But critics say the program doesn't go far enough. Matthew Bingley reports. After an alarming uptick in brazen, violent gun crime in 2018, Toronto City Council approved a firearm buyback program. Between April 26th and May 17th, Toronto police say they bought back over 1,900 long guns for $200 apiece and more than 800 handguns, each for $350, a cost to Toronto of more than $660,000 for over 2,700 guns. This is a very worthwhile program as part of a small part of what we have to do. While Mayor John Tory says the buyback program isn't the only solution, he's satisfied this program is money well spent. If there are more than 2,000 guns that are now no longer in the community, no longer available to criminals, no longer available to be stolen, that is a step forward for a safer city. Councillor Michael Thompson points out not all the guns collected are those they would like to see. I'm not aware that the bad guys with the guns are actually bringing them to the police and to get any sorts of monies for them. Louis March is the founder of an anti-gun violence awareness and advocacy group. He says the money offered isn't enough to get the guns needed off the street. It's a nice incentive if the gun is worth $50. So you can celebrate the quantity, but what about the impact on gun violence? If we compare the amount of gun violence incidents to this time last year, in terms of the number of shootings or the number of homicides, it's about the same. Tory says the city needs to continue investing in police and programs to keep kids away from guns and gangs. But March says there are already plenty of programs, and he thinks a much more comprehensive action plan involving input from all stakeholders is what's needed appoint a commissioner to specifically deal with this issue. This is not getting any better. March says only with a Made in Toronto plan can there be a solution to making a safer, gun-free city. Matthew Bingley, Global News. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison has held on to power after today's, after today's general election. Morrison has only led the government since last August when Liberal Party colleagues lost confidence in his predecessor, Malcolm Turnbull. Pre-election polls suggested Morrison and his party were running behind the opposition party. Meantime, a senator who blamed the massacre of 51 worshippers in two New Zealand mosques on the country's immigration policies has lost his bid for re-election. Fraser Anning faced further criticism when he hit a teenage protester who cracked a raw egg on his head. Meantime, Austria's vice-chancellor and longtime far-right leader has resigned over allegations of corruption just days before key European elections. Two German newspapers have published footage of Heinz Christian Straka allegedly offering government contracts to a woman who claimed to be a Russian investor and niece of an oligarch. He claims he was illegally set up in what he calls a political assassination, but admits he made a mistake. Arnold Schwarzenegger was assaulted at an event in South Africa today. The 71-year-old actor and former California governor is posing for photos at his Arnold Classic Africa sporting event when a man drop kicks him from behind. He stumbles forward while the attacker falls to the ground where he's restrained by a security guard and handed over to police. Schwarzenegger posted the video on Twitter. He thanked fans for their concern, but insisted he was not hurt. 
In the capital of Algeria, tens of thousands of protesters took to the streets for the 13th straight Friday. Security forces fired tear gas into the crowd to keep them out of the main demonstration area. In one scene, a police officer on top of a van was pushed into the crowd. Demonstrators are calling for the resignation of the interim president, who protesters allege is just as corrupt as the president who appointed him. An alarming sight for tourists in Times Square this afternoon. Cell phone video shows flames shooting out of an LED billboard just after 3 in the afternoon. Firefighters were able to put it out after power to the sign was turned off. The fire department says no injuries have been reported and there was no damage to the building the billboard is attached to. No word yet on the cause. In Health Matters tonight, teens who own promotional items for e-cigarettes are more likely to try them. Researchers at Stanford University spent a year following more than 750 teens in California who had previously never used an alternative tobacco product. Those who owned items promoting the products were twice as likely to begin using them. That's compared to peers who did not have any of the items, such as coupons, samples and branded clothing. The scientists say the findings suggest health officials do more to restrict such marketing targeted at teens. And can the pace of your walk determine how long you'll live? Researchers studied data of nearly 475,000 people in the United Kingdom. Those who consistently walked fast tended to live longer than their slower counterparts. This pattern was found even in those who were overweight or obese. Experts suggest the findings show that physical fitness may be a better indicator of life expectancy than body mass index. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. The Cloverdale Rodeo is back in the saddle this weekend. Now in its 73rd year, people lined the streets this morning to watch the parade in Surrey. Cowgirls on horses, a pipe band, men driving in hovercrafts, Vintage cars and even some skateboarders. There they are, all marched through the town center. The four-day event continues until Monday. All right, let's find out if you will need an umbrella <laughs> if you're heading to the rodeo. Here's Yvonne. Yes, part of it we will, and I'll show you why and the timing of it. Uh, but first look at our tower cam this evening. It's fantastic. It'll remain dry this tonight and in towards our Sunday uh, throughout much of the day. Temperatures are sitting at 16. We're seeing a fair bit of cloud cover out of the airport with a light wind. Temperatures today getting up to uh, 18 degrees, close to the average that sits at 17, but not quite record-breaking on the Almanac. 26 degrees was set back in 19. 1993. Our numbers right now, Kamloops at 18 degrees, Revelstoke 14, the Peace currently sitting at 10, and areas near Victoria still sitting at 19 degrees. So we'll see more cloud cover building across the south coast this evening, but it should remain dry. It'll be similar for the morning hours, but the instability is going to be for the interior sections. For tomorrow, we're still seeing a chance of showers, and the bulk and moisture is really going to develop, and that'll be on our Monday. So for our Sunday afternoon, central and southern half of the province seeing a chance of showers, and rainfall so far soggy across the south coast on Monday as we round off the weekend. But stay tuned to see how that does change. But I anticipate that Monday will be the wettest out of our weekend. Fire danger rating and update right now. We're seeing areas to the northeastern corners, anywhere between moderate to high. And much of the province is underneath low in the areas in green and very low for a few spots that are in blue. But an update from the BC Wildfire Service. So we've seen 182 fires so far since April 32 in 
the last seven days. Active fires right now are at 34 and two in the last days. And a reminder, even though we have seen some rainfall, the fire danger rating has changed, but the next graphic for uh, showing us the suspected cause in the areas that are in black are human cause. So please be diligent with your campfires as well as your cigarette butts as you're enjoying the long weekend. For the piece, we're up to 20 degrees, uh, sunny and dry over the next three days. Most areas near Whitehorse tomorrow are very pleasant, but the winds are going to ramp up for the afternoon with gusts of up to 50 kilometers per hour. Along the north coast, partly cloudy showers for your Monday evening and then remaining unsettled on Tuesday. Caribou and central interior, so much of the central and southern half of the province will be looking at a chance of showers and temperatures up to 15 for areas near Prince George. Columbia and Kootenay region, some morning fog patches afternoon sunshine. Thompson Okanagan will see a slight chance for a shower. It'll be late in the day and then similar for your Monday. Temperatures getting up to 20. Areas near Whistler tomorrow will see that chance of showers for the afternoon and evening. The wettest day will be Monday and cooling off to 15. And areas along the island bumping up to 19 degrees for southern and eastern sections. And then overnight and towards our Mondays when we'll start to see that rain developing. It will be heavy at times for most areas along the south coast and it is going to cool cool off. Tomorrow, however, we're looking at that range between 20 areas away from the water, getting up to 24 degrees. Be prepared. Get the umbrella handy for your Monday, but then we're back into some sunshine Wednesday, Thursday. Jordan. All right. Thanks, Yvonne. Prince William has opened up about the devastating impact of his mother's death. I think when you are bereaved at a very young age, anytime really, but particularly at a young age, I can, I can resonate closely to that. You feel pain like no other pain. And you know that in your life, it's going to be very difficult to come across something that's going to be even worse pain than that. But it also brings you so close to all those other people out there who have been bereaved. We see it in their eyes sometimes. In a BBC documentary set to be broadcast in the UK tomorrow, the second in line to the throne took part in a discussion about mental health with soccer stars. Organizers of the FA Cup are supporting the Duke of Cambridge's Heads Up Mental Health campaign. William says his time working as an air ambulance pilot gave him the impression that death was just around the door and those thoughts had become a problem until he spoke with someone about them. His mother, Diana, Princess of Wales, died in a Paris car crash when he was 15 years old. Meantime, William's brother, Prince Harry, was among the members of the royal family who attended a wedding at St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle today, where he and Meghan were married a year ago. The Duke of Sussex was solo, having left wife Meghan and newborn son Archie at home. When he joined his grandparents, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh, for the nuptials of a second cousin. Lady Gabriella Windsor, who is the daughter of the Queen's first cousin, married financier Thomas Kingston. Mick Jagger giving fans a hint of what to expect when the Stones No Filter Tour finally kicks off next month. The 75-year-old frontman rocking out new tunes in this video he shared with his 2.2 million Twitter, Twitter followers this morning. The highly anticipated Rolling Stones tour was originally postponed when Jagger underwent heart surgery. All of the dates have now been rescheduled. On Wednesday, Jagger proved he still has his swagger, showing off his trademark moves in a home dance studio. All right, starting with golf tonight. Mm-hmm, PGA Championship. They moved it up. Of course, it used to be in August all the time. Yeah. And they've moved it up as the second major, so 
get it all done with a, a little sooner. And Brooks uh, Kepka likes the new change, obviously. Uh, thanks very much, Jordan. Brooks Kepka's performance this week at the PGA Championship has been incredible. He basically ran away with the tournament on the opening day and has not looked back. At the same time, the guy has kind of killed any drama and excitement. He's a buzzkill, but likely to win his fourth major championship because absolutely nobody is challenging him at Bethpage Black this week. There's Brooks flexing his muscles literally this week. Seven shot lead when the day began and he had the pedal down early after a birdie at two. This is his approach at five. Bombs the ball 300 plus most of the time and then hits shots like that led to a birdie. 14 under at that point. His lead was up to eight. Jordan Spieth played in the final group with Kepka. Positive second round got him there, but not a good day for Jordan. Plugged in the bunker at nine, led to a double bogey. He's way back at three under after a 72 today. Luke List made a bit of a move. A name golf fans probably are not familiar with. Holes out here on 12. He got it to seven under at one point. Slid back to five under when he finished his day. Harold Varner had the best round of the day in tough conditions at 367. He's tied with List for second at minus five. Back to Kepka, who showed a uh, that he is human, a bit of a small wobble. Back-to-back -back bogeys at nine and ten, perhaps a slight crack in the armor. Back to even for the day, 12 under for the tournament, and his lead was just six. He must have been getting nervous, just a six-shot lead, but Kepka gets one back at 14, rolls in the 17-footer, and he is back to 13 under par. He liked that one. Another pursuer, 23-year-old from Thailand, Jazz Jane Watnanand, three-time winner on the Asian Tour, and he is in that group at 5 under par. I was hoping he wouldn't be in it, so I wouldn't butcher his name, but it's Jane Watnanand. Dustin Johnson in that group as well. Nice approach at 15. Led to a birdie for DJ, but no one could make that big move to cut into Kepka's rather comfortable lead. Kepka taps in on 18 for an even par 7. He started the day with a seven-shot lead, finishes the day with a seven-shot lead. By the way, Adam Hadwin of Abbotsford even today as well, tied for 26th at plus two, but he's 14 behind Kepka, and it's hard to believe Kepka won't win back-to-back -back PGA championships. Is there any doubt whatsoever in your mind that you're going to win tomorrow? No. I feel, I feel confident. I feel good. I feel excited. I'm excited. Well, I'm definitely not going to let up. I can promise you that. I'm just trying to hit the best possible shot I can at the, at the time. I feel like when I'm over, over the shot, I'm, I'm very confident. I feel good about it. And I, I enjoy uh, you know, the confidence I have or what I'm playing with right now. He will be tough to catch. Meanwhile, the Whitecaps are in an extremely busy portion of their schedule. They play seven matches in four weeks this May. They look particularly fatigued in a listless 1-0 loss at home to Atlanta on Wednesday. But they are right back at it tonight in Kansas City against a sporting KC team that is actually below Vancouver in the Western standings. We've got early highlights. Mark DeSantos forced to get some fresh legs in the lineup, hoping for some offensive spark. But the first chance to sporting KC, long shots. Slight deflection right there, but Max Cripo there to make the save. He's been very good for the Whitecaps in his MLS rookie season. Whitecaps have a chance. Freddie Montero with the header, but not a lot of steam in it right at the keeper. But late in the first, Sporting get on the board. Johnny Russell down the right side in on Cripo makes the save, but the rebound to Christian Nemet, wide open net. 
1-0 Sporting, and they are early now in the second half. More MLS, Toronto FC on the road in Salt Lake City, 14th minute. Real open the scoring. Demir Krylak settles it, fires it in, 1-0 RSL. Later in the half, Sebastian Saucedo from 30 yards, a right foot ripper past Toronto goalkeeper Quentin Westberg. Real Salt Lake hand Toronto FC a 3-0 defeat. RSL up to 16 points, four up on the ninth place Whitecaps. Women's friendly today from Toronto. Final tune-up for Canada as they head to the Women's World Cup in France next month, taking on Mexico, who are not going to the World Cup. Canada ranked fifth in the world. We know Christine Sinclair can score, but she can set them up too. Nice cut back there to Jesse Fleming, who makes it 1-0. And then a milestone marker for Christine Sinclair, Janine Becky with the setup, and Sinclair fires it in with the left foot. Her 181st goal, just three back of American great Abby Wambach's world record of 184. And then late, Lawrence, Ashley Lawrence to Adriana Leone. They're going to need some secondary scoring besides Sinclair to have success. 3-0 the final. Women's World Cup starts in three weeks. Canada opens June 10th versus Cameroon. FA Cup from Wembley. Watford facing Manchester City. Could Watford pull off the massive upset? Well, no, not even close. City strike first. David Silva with the swinging left footer finds the corner. 1-0 Manchester City. Later, Gabriel Jesus times the bounce, knocks it in. Raheem Sterling made sure, but they reviewed it, and apparently that was over before Sterling uh, knocked it in. So Jesus with the goal. It's 2-0. Second half, City on the attack again. They seem to have acres of space to work today, and that's dangerous against this group. Kevin De Bruyne waiting for the right moment to fire it in, and then seven minutes later, De Bruyne springs Jesus again, and he shows his quality. Stutter step, freezes the keeper, slides it in. 4-0 at that point. It was one-sided all day long. They weren't done yet. Raheem Sterling will finish off the pass play here. It ends 6-0 as Man City puts a fitting capper on as dominant a season a club can have. Prince William, the Duke of Cambridge, offering congrats. Man City completes the sweep of all four English trophies. The FA Cup to go along with the Premier League Championship, the League Cup, and the Community Shield. Welcome back. Just over a week into the World Hockey Championships, and Canada is starting to find its game. That seems to be the best formula in this tournament. Just be ready to hit your peak when the playoffs begin. That is still a few days away for Canada. Today, they overwhelmed the previous unbeaten Germans 8-1. to Alain Vigneault and Team Canada, three straight wins after dropping their opener to Finland. And then they'll start early here on the power play. Marcia So dropping it back to Thomas Shabbat, who unloads a blast to the top corner. Canada's power play ranked number one, 9 of 15 so far, 60% success rating. Mark Stone will then cash in the Darnell Nurse rebound to make it 2-0. Then in the second on another power play, this is a pretty setup. Dylan Strom to Stone for his second of the game. 3-0 Canada. Stone is such a lethal sniper when he gets in tight. He doesn't miss. Later, Stone again. Puck just pops out front. Quick hands. Fires it in for his hat-trick goal. Fifth of the tournament. 5-1 Canada after two. Third period. How about Anthony Mantha? Check out this move. Intercepts the puck and then behind the skate and in. He got two more goals today. He's the Canadiens' leading scorer. Seven goals, four assists in five games. 
Canada now 4-1 as they crush Germany 8-1. Next up, Denmark on Monday. USA played Denmark today. Like Canada, the Americans picking up steam as the tournament goes on. First period, Calgary Flame forward Derek Ryan over to Frank Vetrano, who buries it. 1-0 Americans. It's uh, late in the first. It's already 3-0. Jack Hughes. Nice aerial sauce pass there to Chris Kreider, who squeezes it over the line. That made it 4 nothing for the Americans. Midway through the second, more from Team USA as Alex DeBrincat will score his second of the game. 7-1 the final. USA wins their fourth in Group A with 11 points, just one point behind second place Canada. National Junior A Championship going on right now in Brooks. Prince George and Oakville in the semifinal. Scoreless after one. We'll have highlights of that tonight at 11. The winner gets the host Brooks Bandits in tomorrow's national final. Memorial Cup round robin. OHL champion Guelph Storm taking on Quebec League champs Ruen Noranda Huskies. This was the Alexei Torpachenko show. Steals the puck in the slot and then fires home to tie the game 1-1. Two minutes later, the 19-year-old Russian back for more, tapping one into the empty net there. So it's 2-1 for Guelph. And then the St. Louis Blues fourth rounder from last year completes the hat trick. Smooth move to go five-hole on the breakaway. Three goals in seven minutes for Alexei Toropachenko. Guelph wins 5-2. PA Raiders take on Ruan Noranda Monday in their next game. Baseball, Blue Jays in Chicago, taking on the White Sox. That's newly acquired starter Ryan Fearbend. First hitter he faces is a Blue Jay. Yeah, gives up a solo homer to Lurie Garcia. The White Sox led 4-1 after four and a half, and then the skies opened up. Heavy rain. They waited three hours but finally called it. But it's an official game because they got to the fifth inning. 4-1, White Sox win. With all of the uh, controversy surrounding the Kentucky Derby, the shine has kind of been taken off this year's Triple Crown. Today at the Preakness, the field did not include Derby winner Country House and the disqualified Maximum Security, whose owners are, by the way, now suing to restore their win at the Kentucky Derby and their prize money. But they did run a race, and it was War of Will who won the 144th Preakness. An Alberta rancher got quite the surprise when he came across his missing newborn calf stuck in a badger hole. Whoa, the calf had been missing for more than a day, according to Brad Osachuk, who ranches in Jenner, Alberta. The calf's mother helped them locate it. The short three-second video shows the farmer pulling the lodged calf out of the hole. Brad says in his lifelong career of ranching, he's never seen anything like it. I couldn't find the calf. I left it for her for about 24 hours, and then I started getting pretty concerned, and uh, I happened to walk up to, to a badger hole, and I looked down, and about well, 12 inches down into the hole, uh, I could see his nose down there. So I had to kind of dig around to get him a hold of his front legs, and, and uh, I pulled him out of there, but he was, he was quite stuck. 
Brad thinks the calf fell into the hole, and the more he tried to escape, the more lodged he became. The calf, by the way, is doing well. An Edmonton bus driver is being praised for going above and beyond for a regular passenger. Chad McCarr was captured on camera carrying a couple bags of groceries for a lady. The images were posted on social media and subsequently liked thousands of times. He estimates it really only took him three minutes and run back to the bus where his other passengers were waiting. It feels pretty good, I guess. I didn't really expect uh, uh, all the notoriety of it all. It's just, uh, you know, she's an, an older lady, and I respect the older generations. They made the country great uh, of what it is today. Well done. Setting a good example. All the young people exactly. on the bus do what the bus driver did, help others. Well said. <laughs> That's going to do it for the news hour for the Saturday. Thanks for watching. We are back at 11. Good night. Good night.